Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. A lawsuit in order to get other people to realize that the NFL has a problem when it comes to hiring black coaches. He didn't. He didn't need the lawsuit for that. He filed the lawsuit so that it could, it could stimulate change. It could be the catalyst in order for the NFL to move in a direction that it has already proven itself incapable of being able to do it on its own. So I think that's the important thing to keep in perspective as we go through the days and the months ahead. Closely enough. Who was that? Uh, is that Chris Canty? Yes. Ah, man. When in doubt, when in doubt, go Chris Canty. <laughs> I mean, he's no doubt. Yeah. No doubt Casey's favorite on the ESPN family of networks. Yeah. Chris Canty. Listen with Golick Jr. Right after this show, right? See that? Today's Wednesday, so you, you don't have action sports checks over time, so you can listen to it after the show. That's correct. FSU basketball, by the way, against Clemson tonight, 630, brought to you by Bono's Pit Barbecue and Willie Jules Barbecue. Old school barbecue, that is. Uh, so check them out. Uh, the Florida State's lost a couple in a row now. They're on that NCAA tournament bubble. Got to get some wins. First first four out or whatever it is. Yeah, That's they, where they so, are right now. As Lenardi would say. Uh, meanwhile, just to let you uh, know, Providence Friars won again last night, 19-2. and two. Who would they beat? Yeah, who are they playing? They beat uh, St. John's last night. Is that good? Yeah, St. John's is okay. But hmm. I think St. John's like middle of the pack in the Big East. But Big East does have, I think, four if not five teams ranked. But nobody like elite. You know? St. John's 11-9. and nine. Yeah, just okay. Yeah. Middle yeah. of the pack. You know, but, better than 9-11. Right? Yeah, I mean, barely. I know. <laughs> I'm aware. <Yeah. laughs> but the Providence Friars are 19 and two. Okay. But the thing about it is, they the good thing is they don't have like Butler's not top five in the nation this year, or Villanova's not top five in the nation. So everybody's like ranked, but then by like 13 oh, man, 22 or something. They've been on a roll. I mean, yeah, they, they beat Marquette uh, by two, beat that was Xavier a good win over by three. And, and then uh, really put it on Butler one by seven. Butler 11 and 10 this year. Is Xavier and good? Then, uh, fifteen and five, not bad. And that's then it's it's that's good. Ten and games then, over. Oh, and then hey, you want to talk about a, a, a real beat Georgetown by eight? You even following Georgetown this year? Check out. Good. Of course you haven't. They're six and thirteen. Check out the. Oh, I think oh, they're ahead. winless in the Big East. Actually, check out the first uh, Marquette meeting. Marquette beat them by like. 40. 88 to 56. <laughs> yeah, and then they them. beat him the second time? Beat yeah. the second time. Hey, hey. They crushed him. Yep. You're improving as a program. <laughs> uh, that's one of their two losses. Who else have they lost to? I don't even know. I think it's uh, somebody bigger, I think. Maybe early in the year. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to look at it. I mean, they, they beat Texas Tech. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Province is okay. Again, I don't think they're great. I think they're okay. Yeah. And Glenn, you're right. Ed Cooley is a very good coach as far as he's absolutely a very good coach. He's from Providence, and uh, he's a hometown guy. Mm-hmm. And thought he might leave because he was starting to get some offers, but he's a heck of a coach. Virginia. He has, he has done a great job. They're going to be by uh, Virginia? Yeah. Virginia's okay. just okay this year, I think, too. So, uh, listen, the Friars are, they're gonna you're going to earn it if you play against the Friars. Okay. But I don't see the Friars being like a, an Elite Eight team. Yeah. 13 and 9 for Virginia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, go, go, go ahead and put them in the OVC against Murray State and see what happens, is all I'm going to say. 
Uh, to your to that point, come on. Like the Friars, Justice Hill is the name you also be remembering. By the way, Justice Hill. By the way, the Friars could the Friars could lose to a team like Murray State. Really? Yeah, like it wouldn't be that stunning to me. That's my point. Like, I mean, when you, like when Duke's you not going like to Murray State. You know he's Fitz Hill's kid? Duke, Duke lost to Mercer one time. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. But, like, Baylor right now, the way they're playing, the top five teams yeah, in the yeah. land, right? Yeah, they're, they're probably good. not going to lose to Murray State. They're good. But the Friars could lose to Murray State. Sleep on Justice Hill now. But go ahead, Casey. Uh, what did I say? He's Fitz Hill. That's his dad. Justice Hill. Fitz Hill? Yeah. <clears throat> should, I, should I know what Fitz Hill is? Do you, do you know what Fitz Hill is? No, but he has a Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so he's, he's got to be a former basketball player, huh? No, sir, football coach. Really? San Jose State University. Huh. Yep. Record wasn't great, but he does have a Wikipedia page. I, I, I wonder I how they even got Justice Hill then, because you know the whole story about John Morant, how they got John Morant? No. I've told it before. Case, you know the story how John Morant went to Murray State? I don't. So the Murray State coach at the time was at an AU tournament um, recruiting somebody else, and he went to go get, I think it was an ice cream sandwich or something like out of the vending machine. And when he went out there, the, uh, the janitor said, you got to check out this guy, John Morant, who's actually playing outside or, like, in a different gym. Uh, he never heard John Morant before. So the, the coach took advice of the janitor and said, all right, I'll check him out. That's awesome. He saw That's John so Morant, cool. and the story remained. I mean, and then they, he signed him, like, on the spot, basically. Where's the where, – where, let's go find that janitor and do a heck of a story on That's John Morant. That's what I'm Morant. saying, man. I mean, has no, it already I mean, been done? Hey, it's been done. Or it has can done? we hire it's that guy done. to scout? That's true, too. Guy needs a better job. Yeah. Get him on the Jaguars. Not against it. By the way, yeah. if he was on the Jaguars, he could be at the Senior Bowl scouting because Trent Baalke's not. Yep, for sure. Do we, so that's why he's Trent Baalke's busy? That's what the, the rumor was? Uh, all the word is that Trent Baalke's not at the Senior Bowl. Okay. Whether he's well, busy. Well, we don't know why. Whether he's packing his office up. Okay. Whether he's hiring a new coach. Okay. Whether he's in the Bahamas. Whether. Well, you said because he was busy, and I thought I was taking you at your word for that. I don't know why. Okay. Can confirm he has not been on TV yet. I'm watching. He's not rocking that Jaguars three-quarter zip. Haven't seen, have seen Dan Campbell, though. How big of a deal? Is Trent Baalke's not at the Senior Bowl? Yeah, because, listen. Yeah. Okay. Again, I'm trying to get everybody a little bit out of the fire Baalke. Baalke's the best. I get it. Like, we understand, right? Everybody um, understands that part. But now, like, the process has started to start building. You have the number one pick. You have no idea what your offense is going to look like. Your defense is going to look like. You have no offense coordinator, defense coordinator. You don't know your scheme. You have scouts there at the Senior Bowl doing their job, and that's fine. Like, that's part of it. And and, and they do a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But Trent Baalke, assuming he stays on, is going to potentially be the guy making picks, and he's not at the Senior Bowl. Okay. That seems like a pretty big deal. But we don't even uh, – I mean I, – yeah, but like, what is he looking for? Like, what 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 kind of players is he looking for right now? Like, what, what what kind of players is he trying to watch right now? We don't have a coach. How about good ones? Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, do you need well, a coach to go scout Jermaine Johnson? No, but I, I didn't need a coach to tell me can Jermaine Johnson play in, in in the style that he wants to play or not. Well, I can tell you this though: if you're a Trent Bulky, you can well be a part of an interview process that's asked that same question to Jermaine Johnson. How do you feel playing in a system of a four-three or a three-four or uh, standing up or hitting in the dirt or whatever? Yeah, but, it is. But, but come on, I mean, people are like, scouts already know and GMs already know if Jermaine Johnson's going to be a three-four guy or four-three guy. Okay, so so. Like, 
fair to say then, you know, it's not that big a deal that Balky's not there because you got the rest of the scouting staff there? Well, what I assume with Trent Balky, if he didn't get fired already, is the fact that he's probably still helping this coaching search go on. Yeah. And, th- and that's where the priority lies right now. Well, that's fine. I, I don't care where he is. I don't, like I said, if he's he cleaned out his office, maybe that would be the best. But I, that's not the, like, I'm just saying, so you don't, is it a big deal? This is the worst football team in the National Football League. Correct. And you they have, have a lot of draft picks, and they don't have a coach, but they do also, once they get a coach, still have to acquire good players. And the acquiring of players in the draft starts, it already started. It's been going on. I understand that tape and going to games and on the weekends and all this stuff. But it really hits a new speed in Mobile, Alabama, you know, where you're checking out some of these players and find some diamonds in the roughs or mid-round guys. Those guys are a lot harder to project off mm-hmm. tape and other things. You get in the room. You get around coaches. You so, By the I way, mean, from can, a Trent Bulky standpoint, you develop more relationships. You clean some of the mess up that's been in Jacksonville, so you make trades down the road or whatever else. So you want Trent Bulky there interviewing these players? Is that what you're saying? Well, listen, I think... I mean, it, what, it, what do you want him to do? Yeah, I want him there. I want to him do there what? with his own eyes. To interview Interacting, players? seeing, yes. It's not okay. like they've picked the best of players as of late. Sure. Right? I absolutely agree with you. I, I, I want him in a room with some of these guys if he's going to be the guy making the pick. My only argument is I think it's hard to evaluate talent when you don't know what kind of talent you're looking for. Like, yeah, you say you want good high-Q football players. That's great. But you just can't write in a slate, hey, we got to draft this guy because, well, he's a good player. Oh, really? Is he a 3-4 defensive end or 4-3 defensive end? That yeah, doesn't matter. He's a good player. No, you have to know what kind of scheme you're running. You have to know what your coach wants, what your coordinators want, what your position coach is looking for. And we have none of that right now because we can't make up our minds about a head coach. Yeah, um, I think it's a big, I I think this kind of stuff right now uh, just exacerbates the process because now guys that are supposed to be doing their job, I would assume that the rest of the 30 whatever GMs in the league, 31 GMs in the league are there. Maybe I mean I have no idea. I mean that's a, that's a that's we've seen GMs there, right? Um, sometimes the coaches go, sometimes they don't. Sometimes assistants go, sometimes they don't. I think there was the year Marone got hired. I believe it was that he didn't go, or maybe it was after they they did well in seventeen. I can't remember which one, but he didn't go. So like we've covered that Senior Bowl enough, but I can't remember a Senior Bowl in recent like where Dave Caldwell and Gene Smith were not there yeah. since I covered the Jacks. Sure. So. But, like, do you think he's not taking part in the coaching process? Yeah, I think he's obviously taking part in the coaching process to some degree. Well, there you go, then. I mean, like, do you I'm think not he's asking not asking why he's not there? That's well, not my oh, question. Okay, but I'm saying, do you think he's not the senior bowl because he's helping with the coaching process? I would say so, So yeah. then whose fault is it, Trent Balkis or Shad Khan's? Like, if you're upset because Trent Baalke isn't at the Senior Bowl, well, then shouldn't Shad Khan say, hey, you're the general manager. Don't worry about the process. Maybe go to the Senior now Bowl. Now you're getting around to my point. Thank you very much. So Shad Khan's okay. now paying a guy that he's apparently sticking with a guy and, and going to stick with a guy that now he's not doing his job. <laughs> I thought his job was to find the head coach. His job is to find good players. So then Trent Baalke doesn't have any inkling other than the coaching search. You're saying, like, see, wh- what which one is it? What are we doing here? 
What are we doing here, man? I'm saying that Trent Bulky's trying to find the next Jaguars head coach. Nope. He's doing his For part. For one time on this show, we are agreeing here that Shad Khan and delaying yeah. this stuff and still having him around and Trent Bulky not being able to go to the, the Senior Bowl is not doing his job the way he should be doing it because the coaching search is still going on so, and the mess that they've created. How yeah. much of a problem is it that Trent Bulky isn't there? How much will it impact them in the draft potentially when you can find guys? How much is all this process now yeah. is a big deal that Balky is not at the Senior Bowl like 31 other GMs and every GM in Jacksonville has ever been. So then can and we question... We're on the same page here. But we then why can't we say it's Rashad Khan's fault? Well, you can say it's Shad Khan's fault. But is fault. it not Shad Khan's fault? Like, you won't say it. I will. It's Shad Khan's fault. Is it not Shad Khan's I fault? I just did say it's Shad okay. Khan's fault. Okay. But you're answering the question... I don't know where you're taking the conversation. The question is, how much is this going to impact the Jaguars? How big of a deal is this that they are not there evaluating players at the Senior Bowl with the rest of the league is there? That you're just trusting your scouts, that you don't have people in place. You don't know what offense you're running. You don't know what defense you're running. Are you getting behind, or is this just, hey, we can catch up to it. We got our scouts. We've got our evaluations. We've been looking at this class for the last 18 months. It's a huge problem. Thank you. How's it? <laughs> how did it take us so? How did it take us so long to get there? I don't know. The the, the, the whole debate you is. You wanted is me it, to say it's Shadkan's fault. Well, yeah. I was saying yeah, it's Shadkan's fault. The whole time, this whole process. But here's the thing: is I, exacerbated by the fact that now you're now you're missing opportunities to evaluate and start the off-season job part but, of the process. Yeah, but you're trying to point the finger at Bulky, like well, Bulky should be there. Bulky should be there. I agree, Bulky should be there, but it's not Bulky's fault why he's not there. I think it's Shadkan's fault because Trent Bulky is in charge of the coach situation. Yeah, I think it's so. Like, I, I don't get why you're pointing the finger at bulky well why isn't he there why isn't he there because he's helping trying to find a coach that's where we're at right now i don't think i was pointing the finger at bulky in fact i can actually said how big of a deal is trent bulky's absence from the senior bowl and i said it's a big deal but he's, help, he's trying to find a coach and that's shad khan's fault so uh, i think it's a bigger deal on shad khan saying hey i need you here to help me find a head coach okay let me rephrase the question who should we blame for trent bulky not being at the senior bowl shad khan thank you Okay, good. We got that one. I should have started. That's all you had to that. say, man. Now, can That's I ask you had to say. how much behind are the Jaguars getting by not having their general manager at the Senior Bowl? You participated in the Senior Bowl. Here's where you bring your expertise in about what went on at the Senior Bowl that Ch that Trent Baalke and Shad Khan might be missing out on because they don't have all these things in place. And by the way, there are other teams, the Miami Dolphins, the Houston Texans. Uh, the New Orleans Saints that don't have some of these things in place as well. But all those teams at least have a GM in place. They're scouting, evaluating, well, interviewing, getting to know who's got a good IQ. Though? You think players are talking to GMs at the Senior Bowl? Well, I'm asking you. No, I mean, w when I was there, we didn't do that. You never talked to a GM no. in a room? Never. Never. You were just talking to scouts? Scouts and just in passing, yeah. Just like at the, like where we set up shop, they had the rooms reserved for yeah, scouts. Yeah. yeah, I never talked to a GM. My team has never talked to GMs. Now, maybe that's changed. But when I was in the Senior Bowl, there wasn't like meetings for for GMs where but you're you like sitting at a table. meetings, right? Well, that's what the combine's for, though. But in, in Mobile, you didn't have late night meetings? Well, well you scouts. got there late. Well, yeah. I, got, I got there on, on the Wednesday. Yeah. But like... So that's know, with scouts. Yeah, they weren't talking to GMs and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So they're not in the room at all. Back when, I, back in 2010, was at the Senior Bowl. None well, of my teammates were, were talking to GMs. And that's what I'm asking you. Yeah. Like so, so he's not missing out on anything then being there. 
unless the rule has changed in terms of talking to players, I don't think Trent Ball could be there talking to players. Because right he now. won't get into the room then until combine time. That's yes. when that was the first time you ever talked to a GM. Unless yeah. like, maybe did I mean, they go I was and visit? Talking, talking to come to, no, they never came no. visit. No, no I mean Florida I talked State. to scouts at the. I mean, I I was in a whirlwind because I got there late, so I, I was like, oh, you got a meeting here, a meeting here, a meeting here. But it was always with scouts. All right, so maybe he's not missing much then. The scouts are doing the dirty work right now anyway. Well, I mean, I think what you're missing if you're Trent Baalke is you're missing how these guys practice in an NFL setting, which is a, an extremely important thing. It's something you can't really tell on uh, on TV. It's it's something that's even hard to tell on, on game film. You, you want to see how these players react to the coaching, how they handle a real, quote-unquote, NFL practice. And you can't see that. So I think in terms of what kind of culture guys, what guys bring to the table in terms of leadership, you are missing that for sure. I think in terms of football IQ and asking these players questions, you don't really get to do a lot of that as a GM. Now, the scouts can get back to you and then you can kind of relay that information, but you're not missing that so much as opposed to what you're seeing at practice. Yeah, okay. Um, Now, once again, maybe it's changed. Maybe they they wouldn't have interviews to coaches. I remember being in the Senior Bowl hotel and those guys going up to interviews. Yeah. I just assumed that in that process, I knew scouts would be there. Yeah. But I thought in that, I mean, every GM in the league that I've ever seen has been there. Like I said, no, for sure. So I don't, maybe. Maybe Dave Caldwell or, and others went out for dinner instead of being in the meetings. Like which I said, is what it sounds maybe, like. Yeah, you know? maybe it changed. Um, I have no idea. I just kind of, I guess all those years, I assumed that those guys would have been in the meetings as well. If the Jags want to meet with X player and blah, 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 this player, that player, that player, yeah. uh, the GM, maybe that's why the Jags pick so bad. <laughs> yeah, maybe, man. <laughs> maybe, maybe they should be in there. Well, the, the, and then that's kind of why it was always, at the time, if you were a coach, you wanted to coach the Senior Bowl because you kind of got the, well, the hands-on experience. That, and that's and a different experience, right? Yeah. The Jags aren't getting that experience. Like, they're not missing out on that experience. Yeah. Because... And, and to be honest, like, I don't, I don't think the coaches, like when Marone didn't go mm-hmm. and his staff didn't go, they were more getting settled in here, had meetings here, starting to, ma- again, I don't remember what year it was. I'm pretty sure it was the year that he started. Mm-hmm. But scouts were there, and I think Caldwell was there at the time, mm-hmm. you know. And so those guys are the ones putting the valuations together. You, you know, they have charge in charge of the personnel, yeah. right, uh, and the roster. Yeah. Um, and so – those things are all in place, even if the head coach is not there. So I don't really – I think the coaches, if you get to coach them, like mm-hmm. you're talking about, and the Jags have done that from time to time. Mm-hmm. Now, that's that's impactful. That's a good thing. Um, but but I'll, I'll give you another scenario here, is that if Doug Peterson gets hired mm-hmm. and he does want some kind of roster control, mm-hmm. could it hurt the Jaguars that late – this late in the process – that again, maybe he's even a little bit behind. He doesn't get the chance to go mingle around these 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 guys a little bit, or or watch them practice up close and observations. Like I honestly don't know because I've never done it. I don't know if it's if watching the tape of the Senior Bowl and watch guys one on one reps yeah. is just as valuable as being there with so, your own eyes on a rainy day in Mobile, Alabama. I don't I don't know if there's a difference. So real quick here to kind of go with the meetings and everything, Carson Strong of Nevada tweeted out that he had meetings with the Steelers, but in the meeting he only met with Mike Tomlin and none of the front office. So I'm not sure. Maybe you can meet with the GM now, but he said he didn't meet with – he had a strong conversation with just Mike Tomlin one-on-one. So his – you know, and by the way – So I don't – This might be a good – This how many guys do you remember meeting with at one time? At the Senior Bowl? Like, let's just say the Jags, right? Would it have been two guys in the room, three guys in the room, one guy in the room? No, usually it was – see, when we did it, it was just – it wasn't even a room. It was out – it was like in the city Yeah, area. that uh, lobby area. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was just one guy. It was one-on-one. Okay, so maybe that's how they attacked this thing at the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl, Senior Bowl then. Yeah. And that – because there are so many guys. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like each roster has however many. Yeah. And you only have a few days to do it. Yeah. They might do exactly what you just read up on and Tomlin, right? Malik Willis said this too. He spoke with Mike Tomlin um, one-on-one after practice. So I don't know. Maybe it's head coaches? I don't know. Well, the practice, again, it depends. Uh, maybe each organization varies. Yeah. But Tomlin, it sounds like he's meeting with those guys right after the practice because he just watched them. But maybe the scout meets with them later at night, like in the hotel, uh, in the lobby that, yeah. that we're familiar with. Yeah. And and Or I think you could make the case that because there are so many guys to see on both teams mm-hmm. and you only have a couple of days to do it, both from a practice standpoint and in a lobby standpoint, you only get like five or seven minutes or whatever it is yeah. with each guy, that maybe you do a say, hey, we've got 12 people here and you're going to pick these 12 guys. And I'm going to take these 12 guys. Yeah. And you're going to file a report on those guys. You yeah, know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, whereas the, I don't, whereas the combine's a little different. Yeah, you're I mean, probably I, more I mean, focused. Well, the, the, the combine, it's like, you're, yeah, you're literally sitting in front of all of them, right? Every, everybody. They, like, have a suite, essentially, Correct. or their own room, and then come on in. Correct. Yes. So it's a totally different animal yep. in that sense. Yep. So, hey, in that regard, again, I mean, this really was getting at, like, how much are the Jags even getting further behind? We already know they're behind. It looks... Like they're behind in the hiring process. Yeah. And my concern now is they've got an important draft ahead. Yep. They've got to go find good football players. Mm -hmm. They've done a terrible job of that. They've done a terrible job of identifying, you know, whether it's potential problems, personality traits, skill sets, what fits. Like the more you get to see people and and, and potential players that you're going to draft, the better, in my opinion. And uh, at least for Trent Baalke, who could still be the ultimate decision maker here, however this shakes out, mm-hmm. you know, which we all would not like. But the reality is, are the Jags going to get any better with Trent Baalke sitting in a room trying to find the next coach or Spielman as the GM or assistant GM? Yep. Or, or is he better served in, in, in the senior bowl? And I think for this conversation, maybe he isn't missing as much as it might appear. Well, and also keep in mind, too, I mean, if it's the, the bigger name guys, they've already had scouts come to their school and, and do, like, the, the first interview process. Yeah, yeah. So the senior bowl, I think, is more set up for maybe, like, the smaller school guys who are kind of, like, you know, under the radar a little bit. That's where you get, to, you get a chance to meet them maybe for the first time. Yeah. And, I, and by the way, that, that's, a, that's a good point because... It's not just a February, March, April process. Yeah. It's a process that's gone on for 18 months. Correct. Like, these guys have been on this on a lot of these players yeah. for, for quite a but long like, time. But, like, tackle the point that, like, when I got there, it was a rolling for me because being a small school guy at Murray State, like, they wanted to do their due diligence yeah. because not a lot of scouts came during the season. They hadn't seen So, like, you. it was a lot of meetings at the Senior Bowl even when I first got there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Good deal. Well, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Signing day today. Uh, we want to showcase some of the committed to the uncommitted kids that we had on the program all during our Blitz scoreboard show. And uh, some of those guys signed on the dotted line today. We'll tell you where when we come back. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Brett Martin along with Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, Stuart Weber has joined the mix here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Not only that, hooray, Kevin Sullivan. Our high school football analyst, college recruiting analyst. Hey, what's up? What's up, Sully? Living the dream, living the dream. Were you at Jackson today? Yes, sir. Went up to Jackson today. Yeah. Got to, got to see some people. Good good times on Main Street today. I'll tell you what, they got a lot of this. You know, I like this signing day. I'm not sure still if I love the split signing days. But I do like this signing day for the kids that aren't football players especially. I feel like they get a little more love on this day while uh, they used to not um, because football was top of mind and the big names and the big schools and the this and the that. Well, I do think that 
a lot of the other sports and kids get uh, a little bit more recognition with the split days because the bigger football day has now become uh, the yes. early signing period in December. As a guy uh, who's coached a long time and been around this, how do you feel about how the early signing day has worked out and the split signing days? Do you like it? Yeah, I do. I like the early signing period. I think what happens is that you get a lot of those uh, fringe D1 guys that have maybe been courted by some FCS schools, and then they end up signing with a maybe a, a, a mid-major mid uh, uh, FBS. And so that opens up the whole month of January for FCS schools to really get after some kids. And you saw that today in some of this uh, these signings today. Yeah, and Brent just mentioned it. I mean, that that's the great part about bringing in all these other athletes from the different sports is that they, they kind of get this, this chance to shine instead of, okay, well, let's specifically go to this school because this guy is going to this major football team, uh, which I know part of it today, I mean, one of our our main signings that we went to was at Ed White where yeah. Elijah Dees is uh, a diver there and he's going to the University of Florida and it's really cool to see a Duval County public school uh, diver, you know, not necessarily known for that here in this area, but uh, getting to go play for the Gators. Yeah, and that's the great part about it, too, because, you know, there's a lot of softball, soccer, swimmers, uh, baseball today that get a lot of publicity, not just football. And so it, it's really good to promote our, our student athletes in uh, North Florida. How about this for you, Brent? Uh, Bull set a record today with 32 signees in their signing ceremony today. 32. 14 of them from the swimming and diving programs alone. That's amazing. Um, their swimming and diving's world-class. Correct, right? yes. Not just uh, really locally good and, and state good and nationally good, but world-class uh, swimming program. But that is cool. Like you guys said, I, th I think it's pretty neat uh, that that's happened. Brett Martin, Stuart Weber, uh, Kevin Sullivan here on a Wednesday National Signing Day 2022. It's finally happened, by the way. Austin and I yelled at each other so much, like he, he just left for this segment. He's, he's just, <laughs> I, he, I really just didn't want to get hit, so I kicked him out. Um, so, uh, but he'll be back in, in a couple of moments. That's because there was no Murray State guys today. <laughs> That's right. No Murray State uh, landing spots. Um, you, I want to give me, give us a heads up on next year. I was talking about this earlier with you. Grayson Pup Howard is going to be one of the biggest guys in next year's class, right? And you actually had a chance to go up to, I think, Georgia and Clemson uh, with them on, on unofficials, uh, if I if I have that correct. I don't want to get yeah. anybody in trouble. Um, last weekend. So, I mean, what kind of talent is he? He's from Jackson as well, and, and he's a special young man, but he's going to be one of the big, big kids to keep an eye on for next year, right? Yeah, for next year, yeah, he'll probably he'll be a, a December signee, early enrollee. But yeah, it was just sort of funny. He, him and I have a pretty good relationship. Um, I, I think he treats me as like the grandfather. So he'll text me different questions and different things, and he texts me out of the blue, probably what Monday last week, and was like, "Coach, we're going to go to Clemson, but I want to go to Georgia." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, that'd be great." He goes, "No, no, no, I want you to go with us." I want you to go with us. And I'm like, oh, heck yeah, let's go. I got nothing to do. It's cold. I get in the car and ride with you. <laughs> so we went up to Georgia and he got to see that facility and then spent the night and got over and spent the whole day at Clemson too. And then actually drove back and actually stopped in South Carolina at the uh, University of South Carolina for, for just a meet and greet there with everybody. And it's, uh, 
uh, pretty cool that he would ask me to do that. A lot of respect for that young man and uh, just a tremendous first-class person. Uh, take the athletic part aside, uh, just a tremendous person, and uh, I think he's going to be tremendous wherever he ends up, whatever he does. By the way, worth repeating and, and letting everybody know, like when I first got here in 08, Coach, I think it was a little bit of a down cycle on the high school ranks. Like we had come out of a pretty good cycle, like from the Tim Tebow's of the world and others. And I, I wouldn't say it was like awful, but by Jacksonville standards, it wasn't like, wow, like left, especially from the quarterbacks. And now you look at the last, I would say 10 years, especially, and it's been unbelievable. So much so that we have two players in the Super Bowl and John yeah. Wolford and Darius Williams. And again, when you get the chance, everybody around here knows. Uh, people who follow Jacksonville football and, and this local sports team, they know. They, they watch Friday nights. They probably participated in Friday nights. They played against some of these guys. The talent is enormous on a lot of different sports, um, but especially football. Every Saturday you turn on an SEC game, an ACC game, you're seeing them. So uh, it's just worth repeating how good the athlete is here in Northeast Florida. Again, in a variety of sports. I mean, uh, don't get me talking about baseball and softball. I live in that world, and so I know that. Um, but, but football, obviously, is one front and center. Uh, hey, guys, I want you to comment a little bit on what we have Committed to the Uncommitted. Uh, I was presented by Baker Sports this fall. We started this, uh, Sully and, and Stewart and Casey and, and Blitz Scoreboard Show on Friday nights. And it's really one of the cool segments that we've done. I, I love it. It's been fun to learn about the kids. And the idea was COVID has really knocked off a lot of these 2022s and put them in a tough spot. It backed up the recruiting cycle yeah, in a lot of ways. Portal, yeah, no doubt. And the transfer portal hasn't helped, right? And the rules have changed and all these other things. Well, it's good to see some of these guys that we highlighted landing in places, and, and more still can, and, and we might even have missed a few. But the first guy just committed last week and signed today, and that's Tony Carter, Coach. Remember him from Mandarin, yep. the safety, oh, yeah. also a big-time wrestler, but uh, he's going way out uh, to the West Coast and, and play at Washington State. Yeah, and that's a really good. And like I said, they came in late. Uh, I think he was pretty much leaning towards Western, Western Carolina. Uh, and then Washington State came in, um, I want to say, the, the week before um, and then took him out on the last official visit weekend. He went out there, and that's a really great opportunity for him. Long way from home, but I'll tell you what, nowadays with the Internet and FaceTime and, and all that, I, I think it's a great place for him. He's got a chance to go out there and compete and play at the highest level, and i uh, real excited for him. Try to be the next Gardner Minshew. There you go. Get, get that cult status out there in, in the Pacific Northwest. And, and, and Brenton mentioned it. I mean, just this long list of guys. I keep seeing the name be like, hey, it's one of our committed to the uncommitted guys. And on, on Twitter, you you see them say, oh, I have an offer from here, here. And it, it's one of those things that, that we can celebrate because, you know, these are the guys who, who maybe didn't get that announcement earlier on and, and didn't get the, the attention that they deserved when they've been playing lights out ball here in the fall uh, throughout Northeast Florida. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and co Coach, I'll tell you what else, too. You mentioned Western Carolina, and we'll bring up um, one of those guys in a minute. I want to go in the order Casey's telling us. But uh, the Western Carolina is Kerwin Bell, and Kerwin's a coach up there, and it seems like he started to invade Northeast Florida a little bit late in the game, didn't it? Yeah, they, they've actually, I, I want to say my last count, I believe they've got four, four or five kids. I think so. From our area. I know they were on, uh, you know, they got, they were, they were the same way. They were on some guys, but after the sign-in period in December ended, I think they really ramped up. And, you know, they've got ties here. You know, Kate, his son, is the offensive coordinator. Um, uh, Kerry Webb's the running back coach. He, he was at JU with him. 
uh, Rudell Small played for him there. Oh, yeah, Rudell Small. Remember uh, that know, He's coaching there with him. Uh, you know, and then they go to Valdosta, and they win the Natty. And so they've got such good ties and have such good connection with the coaches and everything. And they're really good dudes and good ball coaches. And, you know, and they, they did it right. They didn't take a lot of transfers because a lot of FCS took a lot of transfers out of the portal. But it doesn't look like they took a lot of transfers. They took a few, but I'm just saying they didn't take a lot. They got a lot of high school kids, and that's good. That's a great place, and they're going to get it going up there. It's a pretty neat spot up there. I've kind of looked up that school a little bit and, and seen where it's at, and I think it's, an, it's a neat uh, – a lot of kids from around here want to go up to that North Carolina area. It's not too far. Get a little snow. You get the seasons, and, and it's a good place to be. Um, speaking of Western Carolina, Casey, if you have Trey Rose – um, I don't know where you were leaning next, but uh, Trey Rose is a kid that was very late in the game. He's from Fletcher uh, and got offered by West Florida as well. Coach, this one might be our best committed to the uncommitted because I do. Th- he was so late, and we kind of shoved his name out there a little bit. And you have connections, obviously, in the coaching world. And uh, he started to get some attention. I actually heard right after he got West Florida and West, uh, Western Carolina, that Florida State was a little interested, too. Now, didn't land there, but uh, this is a guy who's a tight end receiver coming out of Fletcher, but they ran the ball all the time, uh, Stewart. So, like, it's tough for some of these guys to get seen. Yeah, and, and so many times it's all about that fit, too, right, where which college program is going to hopefully take advantage of your skills, even if it's not you know, technically the position that you might be used to playing. And that's one of the cool things where we see so many guys like from Bowles who go to the service academies and just fit right into those offenses because that's what they're kind of used to in the past. But to, to see Trey get to go to, to Western Carolina is pretty cool. Join the Catamounts. Uh, Caleb Francis, uh, tell us a little bit about him, Coach, if we could, uh, committed to the uncommitted, going to Presbyterian. Yeah, uh, Caleb had, uh, he had a couple things going, and he really, like, he went to visit last weekend. Uh, he, Gannon was a big lean. Gannon was D2. They, they've got uh, Chase Cruz yep. out of uh, Baker County, which I, probably you're going to hit him here in a minute. But, uh, but yeah, he ended up really thought it fit in good, a little bit closer to home than going up there to, to uh, uh, Pennsylvania. And a really good athlete. He, he, he can play on both sides. Uh, he can punt. And uh, just a really good player. And uh, real excited for him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, well, let's bring up Chase Cruz going to Gannon, and I want you to give this backstory. Gannon got in on a lot of these committed to the uncommitted presented by Baker Sports guys, and uh, there's a little bit of a local tie, right, that that says, hey, we're going to pay. Those northern schools you don't think about all the time, even from a D2 or whatever. I know Michigan's got a couple of our guys, but they nationally recruit. But I'm not sure the teams like Gannon nationally recruit, but they obviously have some ties to this area, and Chase Cruz, uh, offensive lineman out of Baker County, ended up there. Yeah, uh, so the the recruiting guy, the offensive line coach now, was the D-line last year, uh, Blake Stone. He played for me at Atlantic Coast. And uh, so he, he went up to Gannon, and uh, he's been up there, and he's made this area uh, a high priority for them, basically up the coast from Daytona over to Tallahassee. They've got two coaches here. The reason being is the first year they signed five kids, I'm sorry, six kids from Florida and five started for them, and they went from two wins to five wins. 
And so the head coach was like, hey, man, we got to get some more of those guys from (laughs) down there. So, Blake, they made it a high priority, and they were in on five or six different kids, just not just in our area. And with Blake being here, played here, he knows a lot of the local coaches, and they know his name and everything. So gives them a good end with that. And it's a good little place, and it's a place for those kids, if you're going to go far away, you got to be able to play because that's what happened to them. They pick these schools, they go far away, and then they sit on the bench, and then they get homesick and they get lonely. If you get an opportunity, a place to go play, you can play as a true freshman. It makes the whole experience and everything much better. That's a pretty good perspective right there as a guy who's known a lot of kids that have either gone away, stayed close to home, and, and playing early and finding a good fit is important there. Uh, Casey, you're doing a great job here on all these different pictures. Let's get one more in there from our committed to the uncommitted. And, again, it's not the end of it, uh, but uh, – uh, Baylor Newsom is a guy out of Bishop Kenny, ends up at Army coach. He's a, He did everything, uh, but especially from that linebacker spot for the Crusaders. Yeah, he was a, he's another one that really came out and had a tremendous year, uh, you know, sort of unheard of early, uh, put on some good weight, ran well, well, but really did a lot of positive things for them. They've had their best year in a few uh, this year and uh, stuck with it, played linebacker, played some running back, can run, can hit, leader of the defense, but a really good player, going to do real well up there at Army. Hey, you talk about steals, by the way. How about Olave Nazarene University? Have you heard of that one? It's in Illinois. That's where, yes, I- that's where Arthur Fats Walker is headed. Oh, wow, that is a steal. Absolute steal. So he's I, going I, up to Illinois. I saw that on his uh, his Twitter today that he was going to Olave Nazarene. I'll give you another one. Jason Jackson, he was a late committed to the uncommitted for us out of St. Augustine High School. He ends up at Valdosta State. We know how good yeah. they are, right? Oh, yeah. uh, threatened for a national championship all the time. I think you're starting to see a lot of kids flood to the Valdosta States and the uh, University of West Florida's from the Jacksonville area. Two very good, good rivalry uh, Division right two programs, yeah. yeah. And they get to play um, each other. Uh I think we hit all of our committed to the uncommitted, at least for now. Before we uh, let you go, Coach, uh, let me get both of you guys' takes on the college ranks. Let's start with uh, Florida. Stuart, how's Napier doing? I think it's certainly been a, a big recovery. I mean, if you look, if you want to go by numbers, if you want to go by, you know, recruiting rankings, uh, the class was in the 60s when they hired or fired Mullen. The class was in the 70s after he had all those guys kind of leave, right? He Napier was able to get it to bounce all the way back up to 26th. And then with the Pyburn commitment yesterday from Bowles, who yep. signed this morning, it went up to number 19 in the composite rankings for 24-7. So you if you believe in the rankings, then you got to like what he's doing as far as that transition class. And that's such a it's such a tough class because, you know, so many of these relationships are built with that old coaching staff that's not there anymore. And you have to convince them that, you know, the school is what you want to go to. And this is why you want to come to Florida. So... Uh, props to Napier, who I, I will say in his first introductory press conference, he said, look, it's going to be quiet this period. We're not we're not going to make a whole lot of noise as far as this this first signing, you know, commitment goes and everything goes because we're going to do our time and our due diligence. But clearly they've they've been able to turn some guys and, and get some get some people to come to, to Gainesville. Hi, uh, coach. How about your Florida State Seminoles? How's uh, Mike Norvell doing? Oh, I think they pulled in. They pulled in a couple more offensive linemen. They didn't really have a lot of needs. You know, they hit the portal with the wideouts pretty hard in their high need. But they pulled in a couple really good offensive linemen. Uh, uh, preferred walk-on. You notice there's been a few more preferred walk-ons uh, in the big schools lately that are turning down like FIU yes. and maybe Charleston Southern and that because of, especially quarterbacks, because of the portal and. Um, so, but I thought Florida State did a really nice job. 
uh, getting their need area and everything. But one thing I noticed about Florida, I don't mean to overstep my bounds, but the only thing I was a little bit negative on was they signed one kid from the state of Florida in this class in February. Wow. If you look if you look at the whatever 10, 12 kids they signed. Is that just Pyburn? Yeah, just Pyburn from oh. the state of Florida. Which, you, which did, is, you did mention the preferred walk-ons. Uh, Bryce Capers from Riverside going to the Gainesville as a walk-on as well. Preferred walk-on. Good point. Yes. And like I said, there, there are going to be a few more of those, yeah. especially if they're really good students, full Pell and that in the state schools and everything. But, but really, I thought Florida State finished up strong they had a really good class really good time in the portal but i thought they finished up strong with their their needs that they needed uh, all right uh kevin sullivan we appreciate it man uh, really the biggest rival for florida state is Deion sanders so keep him away from the recruits <laughs> hey thanks for checking in on the committed right, to the uncommitted presented by baker sports we appreciate your help all year long man all right, Casey, thanks. We'll talk to you all later. All right, uh, that is Kevin Sullivan. we got to take a timeout. Austin joins us again. we got football at 5. We're going to open up some football cards on this show today as well. Spend some money. Let's make some money. A little bang. Maybe. How about a kaboom? Oh, Casey's smiling. He knows what I'm talking about. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Incentivizing losing is not bigger or more important, but it's new. It feels like something that I would have told you does not happen. I would have said Stephen Ross instructed the GM, the president, whoever it is, you know what, don't put together the most competitive roster, trade away players, all of that. We want to try and maximize our draft capital. I would not have anticipated that he would have offered the coach specific incentives to lose games. We have uh, now lasted so long. That's Mike Greenberg, by the way, obviously on the floor as suit, the situation down in Miami. We've asked, lasted so long on the show that we've gone through so many signing days that I don't even ask Austin about signing day anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, We yeah. know everybody knows the story. You know the story. We're and I didn't good. have one. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice that we're at that point. Yeah, it's nice. Know? I don't have to do that. Who would have thought, okay? or, <laughs> Casey, but oh, we've, Stewart. We've almost, <laughs> we've almost exhausted all the, the Austin stories. Listen, Stewart, stop uh, it I, up I still here. got some deep cuts. Don't worry. Brett's talking about urinating and sneezing, so I can go I, I can go to the library. I the top of the show. Have you ever done that? I can go. No. No one's done that. People have done that. Okay. When you go to the bathroom and you sneeze while you're going to the bathroom, it happened to me tonight. That it was, yeah, all right. I mean, uh, unless it's a hard thing to I'm keep on it. track, man. Okay. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm not trying to bring this back. Need to make yeah, the bowl my, my bigger. My bad, yeah. my bad, my bad. Speaking no, I of, think the bowl's just... Okay. Speaking of bowls yeah. uh, or coliseums, yeah. Weber's heading out to L.A. next week. This watch week, the race. Next week. He's going to yeah. go watch the race, then do a little of the Super Bowl stuff, do a little ski. He's got a little everything planned. But You're skiing on Tuesday. Yeah. Tahoe? Or where are you going? Uh, back in Denver. Uh, Loveland. He's going to like L.A., then to Denver, oh, then okay. to L.A., all these cool. places. Yeah. Do you do you know people in Denver, I assume? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's why. Okay. Because yep. so like, like, the Lake Tahoe was a little closer. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, just yeah. Denver's on the way back to Jackson. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Cool. Um, so, Carlos, you fired up, man. It looks yeah, pretty cool. I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped for this race this weekend. And uh, I know there's a lot of detractors that are thinking it's just going to really? be this big sideshow. A lot of the traditionalists don't like it. They're like, it's always been memes. a Daytona. It's always been a Daytona because the clash has always been at Daytona. That's how you start yeah, the yeah. season, right? Well, last year they jumped the shark. All right, Last year they, had, they put it on the road course last year. It was on a Tuesday. It would have been on a Tuesday again this year. It, it, this is great. This is a great way to... 
to, you know, spotlight your sport and let's see what happens. It's the first appearance of the brand new next gen car, which is really cool. I'm curious to see. Yes, they're not going to be going 200 miles per hour because they're on a quarter mile track. They're going to be beating and banging in the corners and taking people out for the last transfer spots. It's going to be like a short track Saturday night for for race fans and what they're used to. So, what is this Bristol? Uh, it's Bristol, I mean, baby. Yeah. Uh, it's Coliseum, baby. That's the thing I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is an even shorter track than that. So, oh, yeah. This, oh, really? So yeah, you're, yeah. Gonna have, you're actually going to have crashes then probably. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna be knocking each other around. It Dang. looks really cool. It does. The The scenics are going to be awesome. The The visuals are going to be great. So uh, I, I look forward to, to checking that out this weekend. Yeah, it's really weird, man. We'll be going out to the Super Bowl next week. We're not doing it this year. But yeah. that's why it, Stuart was trying to work around all this stuff. But he's still going to go out to the, to the races and then go skiing a little bit. But uh, have fun, man. I will. I'll be And by the way, check us out, Action Sports Shacks Primetime all weekend long. Stuart will have reports from out there at the Coliseum. Yeah, did a, had a conversation with Ryan Blaney the other day, driver the number 12 your car. Guy. My guy. Okay. All aboard the Blaney trainee, and we'll have that convo <laughs> on uh, on Saturday with more of our coverage from out of the Coliseum. All right, football at five. What's the latest on the Jaguars search? Uh, and what's happening in the NFL on this week before the Super Bowl? We'll have that on ESPN 690. Plus, we're opening some cards. We got that today. Bang! When we come back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.